Okay. Have you guys ever listened to a podcast that where they whispered the entire time? I bet you have because some of you freaks, some of you freaks out there are ASMR junkies. How do I know this? Because it's absolutely impossible that those videos can get 50 million, 100 million views, 4 million subscribers without some of you guys listening and listening a lot. Okay, it's not like you guys go in there, hey, what's going on? Oh, ASMR. I'm a chick from wherever doing the just kind of talking to you like this. Do you guys like that? What is going on? What is going on? What are they doing? What is, I feel like that's all I talk about. I feel perplexed by the world completely, which is why I have so many books. I have a ton of books now, right? Because I'm just trying to find, I'm trying to find what's happening. I'm really not. Uh, at least I'm, I'm not interested in ASMR. Clearly also though, by the way, what I said is right. Some of you guys are into ASMR. I'm not saying it's too weird. I, it's, it's intriguing. Yeah. I don't read books to find out why the ASMR people are acting so funny. I read books to fix the fact that I'm an idiot. That's being quite blunt about it. That's why I read so many books and uh, that's why I disappear for enough time to assimilate that knowledge and to think because it is of my great opinion that uh, we are all connected to the internet and to our phones and to other things too much to the point that if some version of this survives, let's say a few hundred years from now, they're going to look at us like, what? Majority of the stuff that goes on the internet is junk. When I say the majority of stuff out there is junk, this is not a slam at anyone. This is also part of nature, it appears. We've talked about the Pareto Principle before. And those of you that don't know the Pareto Principle, uh, there's an Italian, I believe he was a scientist, maybe an economist actually, but he figured out that... Uh, 20% of the families in his little Italian province, wherever it was, owned 80% of the wealth. And then he looked for this uh, in other places and found it in nature, in other parts of the economy. And it's gone on to be the 80-20 principle that some of you may know. And if I didn't already specifically explain it, I will. But 20% of the things you are doing are giving you 80% of the results. 80% of the things you are doing are giving you 20% of the results. What that means is that the majority of the time you are doing and if you can eliminate that, and obviously there's a fluctuation, that, that rate goes up, it goes down, you know, it could be 30%, it could be 10%, whatever. You guys get the point, you know, but you see it everywhere. Uh, look at, um, look at say, in football or soccer, depending on where you're at. 80% of the goals are scored by 20% of the players. There will always be a few, a few guys with a ton of goals and there'll be a bunch of guys with none, right? Free throws, same points in basketball. It's, it's everywhere. So when I say that there's a lot of stuff being put out, that is, that is probably pretty accurate. Look at the YouTube videos. I mean, there is some insane amount. Do we check this? I think we go look YouTube videos are uploaded per day. 30,000 hours of video is uploaded. <laughs> I thought that was going to say every day. 30,000 
hours of video are uploaded every hour. 720,000 hours of video are uploaded every day to YouTube. According to the latest YouTube statistics, the video sharing platform has 2.3 billion users worldwide as of 2021. So that's old. It's 2023 now. 720,000 hours. How many of those hours, right? 20% of that is 144,000 hours of good stuff. Great stuff. Like this, like this right here, where someone has prepared and not just gone, hey guys, what's going on? How's the, how are you doing today? Did you, do you like my voice? I'm an ASMR, subscribe, sign up to my Patreon right now and you can get extra five minutes every week of me blowing into this mic. Okay, guys, are you ready? Or wait, let me do something else. Hey, hey, join my Patreon. Oh my God, are you guys just loving this right now? Subscribe to my channel and get my merch. Yo, get my merch, all right? It's $44.99 for a hoodie. It's a hoodie and it's got ASMR on it. I'm sorry I'm going so hard on you ASMR people. We'll get one of you guys on the podcast and we'll be talking and I'll be like, what's up? And then you'd be like, hey, my name is... All right, I'll stop. So yeah, let's move on to what we're going to talk about here today in this year. And uh, where I was going with all that is on reflection and on analysis. The fact that I think we can all help our lives by thinking more. If you're a fan of chess, you will know that uh, if you play a really quick game, you make a lot of blunders. That's a lot of mistakes. If you play a, a much longer game, and people can play games, I mean, as long as like weeks or, you know, months even actually, you'll make less mistakes because you take the time to think about them. And going straight in, I'm going to talk about here, first off, uh, one of the books. Actually, I have a couple books on this topic and I listen to an audiobook exactly on this because what I like to do is chunk when I'm, I'm learning things. I will devour stuff within one subject and I'll go pretty hard in the paint on it. So mental models. If you've never heard of a mental model, I'm going to read you the definition from the internet. The phrase mental model is an overarching term for any sort of concept, framework, or worldview that you can carry around in your mind. Mental models help you understand life. For example, supply and demand is a mental model that helps you understand how the economy works. There's obviously more. That's a very uh, superficial definition for what a mental model is. What you're looking to create a latticework of models in your head of how the world works um, and have a good understanding of these models. And then you can link them up and you can spot them within your everyday life when you can use an analogy to realize the situation that you're in, all right? So I'm not going to go specifically into some of the examples. Maybe we'll do that on another podcast or video. But I want to talk about what they talk about as some of the main reasons that we fail because I find that really interesting. I have another one of my books that only talks about failure because there's this very interesting point on trying to succeed in life. I talked about chess and, and mistakes, but the people that win at chess are the people who make less mistakes. And you can do this in your life. You usually don't think about things like that, right? 
and I won't say you specifically, I'll say me too, because I've already established myself, base level idiot. That's actually been one of my greatest gifts ever, understanding that I'm an idiot and then trying to fix that. That's been a blessing. Now, trying to reduce your mistakes in life is one way to get ahead. What we normally like to do is, of course, try and improve everything. I want to, you know, I'm going to work out more. I'm going to do this. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to eat well. And instead of eating well, you could try and not eat poorly, right? Inversion. There's this guy, I mean, a mathematician. I think he's German. I cannot remember his name. Carl Gustav Jakob. I'm almost 100% certain. Mathematician. Genius. He would always look at problems by inverting them. Complex problems. It doesn't always solve it, but it gives you a different way of looking at an issue, which is what these things will do, which is what reading will do. So this is some sort of weird call out to try and get humans. Whoever is a fan of this, this podcast, I would hope that you enjoy. We are going to make a push to try and get this podcast to the absolute mainstream this year, because I think that we have something to say. I think the community that we have built here while you guys are all enjoying this stuff in a nice, quiet way, I think this podcast deserves to be heard a bit more. And so we're going to, we're going to see if we can make that happen. There are three things. It's what I prepared for you. Okay. It's quality stuff. We're in that 20% here. The way it will, John, at Golarami as a, as a company as well. I'm going to read you just this little part right here. Our failures to update from interacting with reality spring primarily from three things, not having the right perspective or vantage point, ego induced denial and distance from the consequence of our decisions. So breaking that down even further, they go on in the book to use a whole bunch of different examples to talk about vantage point. They told the story of the fish in water swimming and some guy asks the other fish, like, how's, how's the water today? You know, boys, how's the water going today? And they say, good, whatever. And another fish swims off and then one fish turns to the other and goes, you know, what the hell is water, right? When you're submerged in water and it's your state and it's this, right? Just like air and how we see the world here, you have no idea that you're submersed in it. Your vantage point hurts you. We, we outside of the pool, outside of the lake, outside of the ocean can see what's where they're at. We have a different vantage point. Much so in life, your position, where you were born, all this stuff, your frame of reference is limited. They use another analogy to talk about, I think they used five blind people, maybe six. And there's an elephant there. And they put one guy on the tail, they put one guy on the ear, one guy on the elephant's torso, like they put their hands on them, right? Maybe, I don't know, put one guy on top of the elephant. It doesn't really matter, right? Each one of these blind people, while touching the elephant and describing the world, is all going to have an incorrect view. The guy on the back thinks, ah, it's a tail, it's a rope, whatever, you know, this is what it is. The other guy thinks it's sandpaper because it's so rough on his skin. You guys get the point. What that tells us, like they said, one of the reasons we fail to have a good understanding of reality or truth or see things is because from our reference point, we assume that we see the whole picture, which is not true. And some people are probably going, duh, like I know that, but still I know, I know a lot and you may, right? But figuring out the truth is a lifelong endeavor for a whole lot of people. But looking at that, that's just, it blows my mind. And then you go to the next one, ego-induced denial, which you guys all definitely know when your ego is trying to protect you from something, whether it's if you're wrong, not looking at something, you know, the ego is such a little, you know? And you have to work hard to know when it's trying to protect you. 
because that's its job. It's not. And if you study any of these esoteric texts that are obviously trying to get you to escape ego, the idea isn't necessarily just to escape the ego because it's bad. It's to know that it has its place. I think we forget that as well. The last point, how did they describe it? Distance from the consequence of our decisions. This one is the, is the best one. And this is the one I, I would say I somehow, I did okay. And I've done okay with this one. Distance from your decision. Perfect example, you eat a donut. It tastes good. I want more donuts. It's Tuesday. I've been eating donuts since last Tuesday. It's now a year from now. I've been eating donuts every day. It's now five years. Donuts taste great. They taste so good. Give me more donuts. On the sixth year, diabetes comes. And you're like, what is is this? No one said that eventually they would run, you know, they would run into me. I wouldn't. I didn't have to deal with it. Of course, right? We all do this. But crazy thing is that's an extreme. And most of the time, you don't even know if your decision to keep scrolling, A, how much that adds up. A, where that, where does that trajectory, where is it taking you? Each decision takes you down a different path. Continual decisions towards being fit take you down the path to being fit, right? It sucks because at the beginning, you cannot see where you're going to be at a year from now. You can assume and you can make a good guess. You can see what other people have done and you can probably get there. I think that is one of the craziest ones. I've, I've, I've done okay with that. As a young guy, I knew that I did not want to drink like crazy or do insane amount of drugs because I enjoy playing football and I enjoy being fit and I enjoy being healthy. You can prolong your fitness for a very long time, way longer than I think people think, if you care about it. That was one where I really did a good job, but it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like there were times where I didn't read nearly as much as I, I do now. Why? Because the internet in the world just takes it from you. You have to fight for your own decision. You have to fight for your own time now. Does that even make sense as a society? We have to, you have to fight to get your own time back from stuff that you didn't want to give it to, right? So I'm not joking about being in the part of the 20%. I hope that each and every one of you guys always picks up something up from the podcast and from stuff that we do when we don't have guests specifically, like these videos like this. I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are taking something from this that you can do and put into your own life. When we have guests, I don't give a shit about you. Don't come tell me you want on a different guest or this or, you know, I don't care. That guest is there for me. I don't give a shit. I hope that you take something from them, but I'm there to learn. If you, if you don't learn from that, I don't, I, I don't care. I don't care. I mean, I'm not getting guests on just so I think that this will be a great, dis- I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm weird like that, but I just don't care. At least I, at least I tell you guys the truth, you know? Um, so where do we go from here? What do we talk about next? Well, I mentioned earlier, I think so, Marcus Aurelius. Stoicism. This is a great book. I don't know if it's going to focus. I don't know if I should hold it here. I don't know. As you can see, it's kind of beat up. How to think like a Roman emperor. On the surface, that is not going to make a whole lot of sense to anybody. What does that even mean? There are a lot of different Roman emperors. I don't know if you guys know anything about Rome or history. I do not know a whole lot. It's, it's, a, it's a gap, and I've always wanted to do a very deep dive into Rome. And I didn't think that this is what this would take me down that path, but you need to understand the times to understand the lessons 
to their greatest ability, right? They are timeless lessons from a stoic. I don't want to go too deep and too far into it, but um, because we're talking about thinking today, I think this is just something else that is there. Uh, I don't know who's at fault for this. Let's blame God for now. Uh, but your emotions betray you, right? You have certain feelings about things, right? Imagine when you get like really upset and you say something that you shouldn't have said or do something that you really shouldn't have done or you get really lazy or whatever it is and you decide that this is how I feel, this is what I think at the moment and that's how I'm going to do it. We all know that that's probably not the best thing. When you go and look back, when you go and look back, you'll go, okay, I was angry and that's why I did that. So the real thing that needs to happen is when you're angry, you need to know not to make that decision. All right. There's that saying, right? Nothing good happens after two or 3 a.m. or whatever it is. I mean, there's a reason for that. You're not making good decisions when you're not awake, right? They, they do those tests on drivers who think they've been sleeping enough and they're driving just as impaired as a drunk person. So the reason I'm mentioning this is because a stoic, one of the stoic, let's say tools, kind of mental models for a way that they, they deal with life is, um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it has something to do with viewing yourself or viewing life from above, giving yourself some distance from your emotions. And that's what everybody believes about stoicism is that it's just someone who's emotionless, which is not the case. But when you take a step back from your emotions and from your life and from everything, you can then start to see things from a more objective nature rather than getting clouded by your emotions and things like this. I mean, it's obviously very clear that you should not make decisions when you're highly emotional, good or bad. And that's a hard thing. Everybody feels happy. I feel amazing. Let's go get married in Las Vegas. I don't know you. Tattoos. Let's put our tattoos on our face and let's start an ASMR channel. We're the face tattoo ASMR. I'm kidding. I'm not. So yeah, what they do is try and give, some, give themselves some distance. It's not to disregard emotion once again, just like not disregarding the ego. It is a sense of saying, this is one packet of information. It's one frame of reference that's trying to tell me something about the situation, about the world. Use it, you know? Put more weight in it if you have some sort of competence in this area. But then see if you can align with some other tool of yours or some other information, whether it's a friend or running your own tests, and then you can see, all right, I think I have a good idea. Then push, then push, then push, then push, right? Those of you who are here that have never seen the Glorby Language channel, go check out Glorby Languages. The reason I say this is because we were about to talk about this thing that I heard, which is, um, and it's related, don't worry. I heard that, and I don't, I don't remember where, okay? This is not there's just me here. It's me. I'm freezing my off. Okay. It's cold. There's a heater blowing on me over here. I have like 30 shirts on. All right. So don't be mad. There's not somebody here to fact check stuff. We'll get there. As a matter of fact, we'll get there this year. All right. You want me to make that pledge for you guys? Someone comment down below and make sure and remind me at least by March. Someone's going to do it. I don't know how big this podcast is going to get, but someone will do it. Someone comment and make sure that by, maybe not by March. I said this year. Let's not get too crazy. Just make sure that we're staying on track. All right? A little accountability. So it doesn't matter where I heard this. I believe it was Japan. And that businessmen, when dealing with Western companies, they would have translators, of course, to translate to them, you know, what's going on with the deal, et cetera, et cetera. And the Japanese guys 
would then use the translator to speak back. Lo and behold, these guys could speak English. What they were using the translator was just to buy more time to think. That's all. So they wanted more space, more distance, an, an ability to check their emotions if this guy says, we're going to pay you $1 for that building. For them to not go, what the f-? Right? Smart. I'm sure it's been done all, all over the place. And it may not just be just to get distance. It's also because there are technical things. Like for some languages, I can't talk about rocket science with you in French. I, maybe, actually. Maybe. Let's go find out the word for rocket in French. We're all going to learn something here today. Rocket in French. Fusée. Fusée. But uh, fuselage. Fuse. Boom. They're all connected. I think with context, I would have gotten that if someone was speaking to me, right? Because that's a lot of the things that people don't understand about languages that you don't know all the words in English and you know, or whatever language is your mother tongue. You don't know all the words, but context will help. If I start saying things that don't make sense with stoicism, mental models and all this stuff right here, it's going to be hard for you if I start pulling words out of some weird animal from the jungle. It doesn't make sense. But if you know we're talking about the jungle and you know that, then it's all going to help. So, yeah, using context in uh, languages is a huge way to make sure that you have understanding and stuff like that. But let's go see what's going on in the world. Let's go to CNN. All right, so first the NFL guy. God, I hope that he is is going to be okay. If some of you guys don't know, a, a guy, uh, I, I didn't see what happened. My dad was actually watching the game and uh, told me about it. But he, I believe, did he go into cardiac arrest on the field? Let's just hope that guy's okay. Uh, I don't want to end on a downer, um, but hopefully he makes it. This is also going to be a downer, but it's kind of wild because we don't know what's going on. I normally do not, I make, I do the best of my ability to avoid headlines. And you would think that this would be a very bad thing because then you don't know what's going on in the world. Well, how are you going to survive? Well, as I've noticed, and as I was watching a game the other day with my dad, right after the game, the local news popped up. Hey, this is uh, Carrie from Channel 4. I want to let you guys know that uh, there's a a car that's turned over here. Nobody's hurt. Uh, Everybody's fine. Uh, That's not news. Not only is that not news, it's not going to affect anything. I'm not being cold. I'm not saying we don't want that family or whoever it happened to and I want everything. That's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that with the barrage of information coming out, most of the headlines and most of the things that they tell you, it's supposed to be, news used to be 30 minutes. It used to be 30 minutes and they had to figure out what is the most important stuff to tell you about the world because after those 30 minutes, it's gone, dude. It's gone. You can't go type it in. You can't go figure out what's going on. It's gone. Like you go figure out and turn on the radio so I kept seeing headlines, not understanding anything about what was going on. The Idaho murder thing. I still don't know what's going on. All I, and I'm seeing it here. That's why I'm saying it. it's on the front page of CNN. Some guy murdered four people in Idaho. Turns out he is a criminology student studying serial killers. It looks like this is going to be one of those cases that we're going to have in the news for the next while because we don't understand the motive behind why he did this. And once again, 
my heart goes out to everybody, all right? And so I will obviously always preface all the stuff that I say here. Is this news? Do we have to have a different way? Yes, for sure. Somebody's getting, there's danger to a community. People need to be aware of this and like that. If they've caught the supposed victim, it then switches. Imagine being way back when in a society where the tiger, lion, is out in front of your tribe. You catch the, the lion, and then for the next six months, you guys spend your resources talking about the lion that you caught rather than doing things to prevent, to do better, to do... It's weird. It's like the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard case. Why? I don't understand. Why so much? Right? I'm not saying it's not interesting. I'm not saying people shouldn't check it out when they have the time to. 24-7? 24-7? watch the. Whole, I can watch everything? I don't know. And I am not touching the U.S. soccer scandal. It's definitely a scandal at this point. Not, not going there in this podcast. We don't have enough time. Normally, I would say I'm going to go eat. I'm not hungry yet. So, uh, I'm going to go start an ASMR channel. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do.